Hello, my name is Dr. Bertrand Liang, and welcome to Patient Stories, episodes about some remarkable people whom I've met through the opportunity of being a physician. Always be ready for surprises. Ms. M was referred to me from another neurologist due to a finding on her CT scan. She'd come from the UK, from the Surrey area, to live with her son in the US because of a diagnosis of Alzheimer's dementia. During her workout for dementia, she had the characteristic CT scan done, which showed seemingly a mass lesion attached to the dura, or covering, of the brain. Because of movement artifact, and the fact that the scan was brought to me via what appeared to be a photocopied scan, there was some uncertainty about the diagnosis, and it was somewhat difficult to delineate the extent of the lesion. Hence, in the neurodegenerative clinic, they had wanted to have somebody in neuro-oncology review the case and ensure that this was a lesion not causing the dementia diagnosed in the UK. When I first saw Ms. M, she seemed to be a well-adorned, loquacious woman with a definite gift for gab. As I introduced myself, she began asking me questions about my background, interspersing this with the experiments she had back home and doctors she had apparently seen in the past. Her son kept a close eye on his mother, trying to correct what appeared to be inaccuracies in her various statements, which at times were either minor or at most potentially just misunderstandings. I was somewhat surprised that she already held the diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease, given the fluency of her speech and what seemed like a fairly socially competent initial conversation. As I started to do my mental status examination, I perceived a bit of a shift in the patient's countenance. And rather than directly answer my questions, she tended to redirect things to answer questions she was able to answer. For example, when asked the date, she answered how warm it was and asked if this was what it was like in the States. When trying to assess her memory, she noted that memory wasn't her thing. Just asked Tom, her son, who just frowned. She didn't exactly refuse to draw a clock but just remarked how late the time was and that they needed to get going shortly to get to another appointment, and on and on. Before going further, I decided to read about her neuropsychometric testing with the neuropsychologist and hence needed to give her a call. I excused myself and went to consult the neurodegenerative clinical psychologist. I described to the psychologist what I'd been encountering throughout the mental status exam and in her wonderful Eastern European accent, she noted that she too had found that the patient was, quote, somewhat evasive, unquote, in answering, which she documented as providing insight on her deficits in a fairly significant way. In the additional testing performed, which required the patient to act independently, the patient's testing showed a fairly dense apraxia, or inability to do certain tasks, as well as some evidence of significant frustration with the evaluation. Moreover, while language was grossly preserved, the psychologist noted some nonsensical wording as well, suggestive of a subtle but present dysphagia or speech difficulty. Then she noted something even more interesting to me. She asked me if I had my pen. Well, no, it's in the exam room, I said. Bert, when you get back into talking with the patient, observe the patient, what's around you and what's not. I think you'll be interested in what you find. Entreat. I thanked her and then went back into the room. The patient had noted that her son had stepped out but would be back shortly. I began to examine the patient 
particularly paying attention to her strength examination, since the area where the mass lesion that had been discovered was near that part of the brain. I didn't find any issue with that part of the exam or any other part of the neurologic examination in general. As I sat down to document this, I noticed that my pen was gone. Curious, I looked around and didn't find it anywhere. Further, I noted that the glass container holding the tongue depressors, which was usually in the corner, was empty. Turning towards the examination table, the tube of the disposable ear fittings next to the otoscope was empty as well, though I have to say, I didn't know if it had been filled up earlier. I did remember there was a Taylor reflex hammer that no one used in the drawer, since we as neurologists all have our own, the type that's chosen to be reflective of our own personalities and biases. When I opened the drawer, it was gone as well. The patient's son came back in the room and he eyed his mother suspiciously. We're just finishing up, I noted, without any difference in my tone. I don't find really any evidence that was what was seen in the old scan from Surrey has any impact on what's going on and why you're seeing some of the other doctors. Ms. M. son nodded approvingly and thanked me. I do think we should repeat the scan, however, just to be sure nothing is getting worse. We can schedule that in several months. In the meantime, if you could get either better copies of the old scan or have it put on a CD or something so we can have a record of it here, that would be great. Ms. M. seemed satisfied, as did her son. I then relayed that we could have the patient come back at the, that time for follow-up, but that she, she should see the Neurodegenerative Clinic as the main care center for neurology. The patient and her son got up to leave. The patient's son told his mother that he would carry her various things for her, which included a bag of knitting and purse. They walked out into the waiting room and I went into the conference room to finish up the note. As I was sitting down, the clinic nurse told me the son had one more thing to discuss with me, and I went back into the clinic room where he was waiting, standing just inside the doorway. On the examination bench were laid out a pile of tongue depressors, the ear fittings, as well as the long cotton swabs, a prescription pad, and that Taylor reflex hammer, as well as my big pen. I was astonished, but not totally surprised. Doctor, you might notice my mother has a bit of a small problem, the son said with a red face. She likes to take things, lots of things, anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Wherever we go, we need to keep an eye out for her sneaking around. We found all sorts of things in her room, from a small lamp to tomatoes, which were almost rotting. I suppressed the frown and noted that it was really no issue currently but that he should bring this up with a patient's doctor in the other clinic. Yes, I plan to do that. The psychologist noticed it right away. She thought it would take some behavioral therapy to address it, but we will bring it up at the next visit. I thanked him, picked up my pen, which I put back in my coat pocket. After talking with the clinic nurse on what she thought we should do with the return contraband, I went back to the conference room to finish my note. And to this day, I don't leave any of my writing utensils in the room with patients any longer. Thank you very much for joining me for Patient Stories. Be happy, be healthy, and find peace.